0: And welcome back to another episode of Inspiring Hope. I encourage you to have only positive expectations. Today, you're going to be joining me with a very special guest. Her name is Melissa Beasley. And Melissa today is going to be sharing with us some very serious information. She's an entrepreneur, a single mother of two boys. And you're going to learn her testimony about how God gave her beauty instead of ashes, how she turned her pain into profit. She went from a controlling and abusive marriage to becoming the owner of Love Essential Skincare. Her testimony is very powerful and exposes the cruelty of man and the grace of God. Now she is helping others get out of their situation and take their frowns and turn them upside down.
1: excited to be here
0: yay so I was um when I did the promo for the show I let them know that you took your pain that you have been in you didn't stay in wild women forever but you turned that thing around and you turn it into profit so not only are you um I mean you are thriving you're not just surviving you're just not just making it through just a little bit but like you're like making it happen for you and your son right
1: right yeah two sons um yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and yes that is that is um what i've really loved doing and building and what we talked about and and then taking that and seeing a lot of women that have been through the same thing that reach a point of surviving and just kind of stay there which it's better than where they were but
0: you know but sometimes we do get stuck, and we need a little help Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that you didn't just stay there, but you did something about it. And now you're on the other side where you're helping other people mm-hmm. be able to get out of that place where they're not stuck anymore. But they, too, can survive. So I love your message. Tell us a little bit about your your marriage and like one of the first experiences that you had when you knew that, hey, this is abusive. I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting Um I think I saw
1: red flags even before we got married and ignored them because I was, I mean, kind of raised to be okay with a certain level of dysfunction in a relationship because I was raised in a very um, patriarchal, the man is the head and the woman is just submissive and that's just the way life is. And um, I felt like I was needing to fix myself for wanting to like buck that system that I needed to become a more humble agreeable woman. And and, and I loved him. And so we got married and uh, it was it was a really slow kind of tear down of, of me personally. And so it wasn't until shortly before I left, honestly, that I realized this is not just um, problems in marriage that we need to work out this is something else. And it Mm -hmm. took, um, it actually took several people coming into my life that were able to speak it in a way that I could hear it. Um, and in a way that didn't turn me off or make me defensive to start realizing this is, this is hurting me. This is hurting my children. This is not sustainable. Um, and I need to do something about this and fix it. And even then it wasn't, I need to leave. It was more just, I need to, um, try to fix this from a different angle right yeah
0: yeah and I think a lot of women go through that like something is wrong with them Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily something is wrong with them it's like something is something wrong has happened to you or to the next person and we need to make sure we keep that in mind and look at everything from like a trauma-informed lens like maybe there's trauma there maybe not but just to be introspective about the situation is the way that we find out Mm -hmm. So in that, so you mentioned there were some subtle things that went on and even some things beforehand. So what were some of the subtle things that happened?
1: Um, There were things like there was jealousy. Um, You know, he would get very upset about some of my friends that were male friends um, and wouldn't forbid me from hanging out with them because that would have gotten my hackles up. I wouldn't have been okay with that. But he would complain kind of in just a puppy dog kind of like, I don't know, it makes me uncomfortable. It's really sad until eventually it just wasn't worth it for me to hang on to that friendship and I let it go. Um, and it was things like how I dressed, you know, I loved dressing really elaborately and 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 um, I love fashion and accessorizing. And he would just kind of complain about like, but you look good in just a t-shirt. You don't have to do all of that extra work. And I couldn't understand it at the time why he was trying to change the way I dressed. I was like, but I like these clothes. I I don't feel like I'm compromising or like I'm doing it for anyone else. I just like them. Um, but eventually I stopped dressing nice and stopped making an effort. Um, I got really sick in college and I got, well, I got mono and was sick for several months before it got diagnosed. And when it finally was, um, and this was actually leading up to and then after we got married. And the doctor basically said, you just have to rest for at least six weeks, like stop trying to do things. I was, I had, yeah, yeah I, I had a super full schedule and she's, you have to cut some things and rest. And um, at one point we were, I don't even know what we were discussing, but it was about something I wasn't getting done. And I said, well, I, I'm supposed to rest. And he said, I think you're using that as a crutch to to just not do the things you need to be doing. Yeah. Um, And so it was just little things like pieces of how I dressed and my personality and things I loved that were just kind of insulted and and spoken against in little bits until it just kind of wore away out of my life.
0: Yeah, isn't that amazing? You know, when people feel intimidated or jealous they, you know, or they want to belittle you and bring you down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and that is definitely a form of abuse because that's not what we intended to do. And just for me, <clears throat> the simple, when we just look at the simple meaning of the word abuse, it, you know, when, when you treat someone or something other than the way that it was intended to use, be used for mm-hmm. its purpose, then that's abuse. No matter what it looks like or how small it seems. But I understand you know how that goes. So with that being said, if you're just joining us, you are joining <clears throat> Tracy Williams with Inspiring Hope. Excuse my voice today, Inspiring Hope, where I'm encouraging to have only positive expectations. And we have Miss Melissa Beasley with us today. Uh, she is the owner and entrepreneur now of Love Essential Skin Care. And that's how she went and turned her, her pain into her profit. And not only that, so it, it did become a passion at one time. And even now she has moving on and trying to help other women who have been through abusive situations to get out of those or to recognize those situations. And so I want you to tell us a little bit about how did you get to leave? Because sometimes that's the hardest part is actually taking that step to leave and get yeah. to the next phase.
1: I, I look back on that process and it really feels like a miracle to this day because I've, I've, studied, you know, abuse and, and toxic relationships a lot since leaving and seen that it takes women a long time to really be able to get out. And sometimes it's they go back like an average of seven times, which you know, we can talk a little bit later about the systemic reason. That's true. But I um, as I started to realize something was wrong. And like I said, people came into my life that recognized what was going on and said the right things to me up until then, all of the advice I had gotten was pray harder for him, be a better wife, love him better, compliment him more, he'll come around. And so it was basically just like pour your soul out and eventually your marriage will be better. Um, And I did until I had no soul left basically. And um, then I found friends that just, just slowly started really kind of building light back into my life until that fog and that veil um, started to lift. And as I started to realize That something different was happening. You know, I met with, I ended up meeting with a therapist who also helped me kind of see and started talking to me about boundaries. Um, And I started to reclaim a little bit of my personal power, which made things worse. But that showed me, you know, when I started to stand up for myself and claim my power and it made things worse, that made me realize this is a problem. And then he he was going into this training for his job that was going to take him six weeks, and so and my best friend was getting married at the time too. And we were living in Virginia, and I live I'm from Texas, and so we were like, well, I'll just take the boys and and stay with my parents for six weeks in Texas while you do this, so we're not in the way. And that was a genuine plan. And then it was a little bit, yeah, and it was a little bit for us, yeah. It was shortly after we made that plan that like another issue happened. That was another one of those, this is a problem moments. And I was like, what am I going to do? And it just dawned on me that I was going home for six weeks. And like, that was already something we both agreed to. So I had six weeks to figure it out. So I called my parents. That's who we were going to be staying with. And I said, I think I might be staying longer than six weeks. And they they had already started converting one of the rooms to a room for my boys. And we're like, it's fine. We're here. We've got the room set up for you. Um, we're ready. And so I just, I had a place to land and I had a supportive family and I think that's why I was able to stay out once I left. Um, and I just, it was, we, I was there for five years and I consider myself so fortunate that I was able to get out when my boys were still young and hadn't dealt with as much of that programming. And, um, and when I had only had five years of the programming not 10 or 20, I, I am very thankful for that.
0: Yeah. What a blessing. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it that God had a plan. You didn't even try to have to really try to figure it out or think it out. But yeah, as you were doing your work introspectively, then God was working on his end, too. And he was like, I know just the exact time and yeah. the situation to pull up where it's going to speak to you and you're going to say to yourself, OK, if you can leave. This is it. And the fact that you had that support—support support is so important. And so, if you are a person that doesn't have support, I want to just encourage you to reach out to somebody because, like you were saying in the beginning, there were signs beforehand, and you just didn't see them or recognize them. You know, start just asking those questions. If you feel like you're not being treated the way that you deserve to be, then start asking yourself some questions, and uh, you know, just like for example man, who can help me? Who could I reach out to? Like, if I did leave, where would I go? What would I think? And so one of the places is, you know, there's always um, a place where you can go for the domestic shelters that are available to you in every state and, you know, possible. So that's a, a good thing to do there. And so tell me a little bit, how did this affect your boys as you left your dad? Cause they, one of at least one of them were old enough to remember and know him and, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my boys were, um, the youngest had just turned one and the oldest was going to be three um, in like a month, less than a month. And so the oldest, um, he had had time to bond with his father. And so it was harder for him than it was for my youngest. Um, And several months after, we tried to work things out distanced. And then several months later, he left that job and actually moved back to the area. And so he wasn't all the way removed from my oldest son anyway, but, um, my oldest took it the hardest, but as I was speaking with our, we had a family advocate and I was talking to her about some of the ways my son was expressing his distress. And she really encouraged me to get him into play therapy. And cause he was, he, he, he expresses his problems through anger. Like anytime, he's not processing something while well. it comes out as anger. Um, and at the time it was really, really, really coming out. And um, so I got him into a play therapist and that was one of the best things for me because as I was talking to the play therapist about, I'm just so nervous. I don't want him to be manipulated and controlled and all of these things to happen to him. And I was trying so hard to shelter him and she just stopped me and she said, you can't like, you won't, you will not physically be able to keep that from happening. There's no world in which like, he's going to get visitation. You're not going to be able to protect your son while he's there. You have to realize, and even if that wasn't a thing, there are manipulative controlling people in the world. And he's going to meet them sometime. And she said, the best thing you can do is Learn emotional intelligence and become an emotionally stable person yourself, and yes. heal your own trauma, and then teach your children how to think for themselves, and how to think critically, and how to stand up for themselves, and how to process information. And that's the best thing you can do for your children. Yes. Um, yeah. So,
0: in that, what are some practical things that you learn to help you know your child apply that? Because a lot of people go through those anger spouts, even grown mm-hmm. folks. Yeah.
1: So with, so a lot of it is taking the time, um, with my son, I found that when he's really crossed into that red zone and, you know, really angry, you can't reason with him and power struggles don't work with him. And so you have to just put him in a place where he can be safe while he processes how he's feeling. And then once that's done, we're able to sit and talk things out. And so I've had times where it's been like, and, 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 the instigating moment might seem silly and dumb. And so like, it's possible that at some point, if I parented the way that I had, um, you know, been taught by society to parent, I might've told them to buck up and suck it up. And this is stupid. Why are you fighting over a video game or a red cup or whatever? Um, But the thing is, it's traumatizing to him in the moment. So there's something going on. And so there have been times where it's been, you know, two hours of me just like helping him process that feeling. And then once it's processed, talking about, here's how we can do that differently. Here's where, yes, you're allowed to be mad, but like, you're not allowed to hit your mom. You're not allowed to break things. You're not allowed to be a little jerk. And so um, just talking about healthy ways. And it seems weird talking to a three-year-old that way. But over time, now he is an incredibly self-aware 10-year-old. Um, who surprises me often with how he's able to articulate what he's feeling and what's going on with him.
0: Yeah. And that is so important that you really talk to your kids no matter what age. You know, I mean, if we think about it, that's how kids learn is what we say and what we're doing. That's how they Mm -hmm. learn how to talk. So, for example, if you're talking Chinese in your house without you explaining or giving them the verbiage and all the, the extra stuff, that's how they learn how to talk and so Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence is exactly the same way we have to talk to our kids because if you don't talk to them somebody will Mm -hmm. okay right so yeah Yeah. so they think it's okay to start punching little johnny out or choking people or something like that because sometimes our kids do see that in abusive situations they see people getting choked out or and and it becomes a norm for them and mm-hmm. so we need to be able to be those people that break the cycle and say, this is not normal. This is how you should handle it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you want to hit something. I want to hit something, too. I mean, be real with them. And just say, hey, yeah. well, you know what? Let's get this punching bag over here. Or let's take you to uh, a karate class uh, over here. I mean, that's one yeah. of the things you get because you learn discipline. You don't learn necessarily how to hit or fight effectively. Well, you learn that, too. But the main point of it is for them to learn discipline. And so and that's what we want to be able to do as parents when they leave our house. We want them to be able to control themselves and not have the police control them, not have school control them, not have everybody else telling them what to do. Right. Yeah.
1: And that was one thing we talked about and that the therapist taught me was because he would hit and throw things. And she said, just let him hit a pillow, let him go outside and whack a tree with a bat, she said. If he needs to get that out, that's fine. It's that he's not destroying something and he's not doing it at a person. And the same with like words and anger. Like if you wanna say, I'm so mad, I wanna tear this whole house apart. Like I get it, I feel that way sometimes too. I want to burn things down too, but it's not, there's a difference between expressing
0: your feelings
1: and using your feelings as a weapon against another person. And and so we work on that too. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like how you put that. So, so they can like another difference between the two because mm-hmm. it has to be taught as well i love why says true we want to show them positive ways to express their emotions yes and to release those feelings and that's so true it's so important to do that and just keep remembering that they're never you're never too young to learn anything mm-hmm. right never too long too early to learn how to read i always believed in that so my kids were always able to read at the age of three even though the librarians didn't believe me, they were like, do you want picture books? No, we want (laughs) books with words and little, you know, three and four letter words in them. (laughs) Yeah, They can start that process early. Cause when we we teach them early on, like you say, as they grow older, then they want to depart from those ways. But a lot of that uh, things that you mentioned, you know, kind of how you were raised sounded like, uh, you know, you had to please, or you had to be perfect or do it just the right way. And I know a lot of times that comes from the church. I, you know, different relig- <laughs> I should say religion, religions. Mm-hmm. Oh, so not just one in particular. But tell us about your upbringing with, and your experience in church. Yeah, so I grew up deep South Protestant, um, and
1: we were actually Southern Baptist. And it, I, I was a church girl. I memorized all the bible verses i followed all the rules i was the sunday school star i was smart um and this is actually one of the things that i really talk with people about is having your your worldview and your inner self just like kind of crumble because like i was in it and i was like the church girl and i had all the answers to all the bible school questions and then i got married and used the techniques I was taught about being a good wife and what's true and what's not about sex and about love. And it ended up being a betrayal on me and it, and then the, the church wasn't able to help me. And it was this, this moment of I given my soul to this and it put me through hell. And so, um, Yeah, and I spent, I listened to sermons and read marriage books about being the good helper and being the good wife and praying for your husband. And interestingly, my faith in God and the Holy Spirit never was shaken. In fact, I loved when you talked earlier about the timing of me leaving, because there were a lot of times when I would pray and um, be like, what do I do? And it was just wait and trust me, wait and trust me, it's gonna be okay, I got you, wait and trust me. And then right before I left, as I was praying, that it was this, just like get out, go, it's time, and I Woo-hoo! knew, yeah, and, and and come to find out years later, my family who took me in and supported me, they were dealing with some of their own things would not have emotionally been able to handle my divorce process had I left sooner. They had things they were having to deal with and they didn't have the bandwidth for that. And so it was just like, I was sheltered and cared for as much as possible by God in in my marriage until there was a space that could take me. Um, And I believe that with all my heart. And so um, anyway, so the church um,
0: bless, bless them. Look, I, I it. Let's let's get into it, girl. I mean for real, let's let's just do this, okay? Yeah. <clears throat> because I've kind of been itching to do this. So church, folks, church. You know what? It it is hard because I've had other people tell me it's you know, a lot of times there are the some things that we don't want to deal with in the church. You know, we don't always like talking about divorce or people being unfaithful, you know, anything that seems sticky or that's gonna cause too much drama, you know. It's something that we may not want to talk about, but it's something that needs to be heard because there are a lot of pastors' wives and bishops' wives that are being abused, you know. But you would never know that, yeah, you know, because we come back to church and we put on our hallelujah, I blessed. thank you, Jesus, glory to God, and, you know. Amen. And then, like, a mm-hmm. so, yeah, a lot of women being abused. Yeah, so
1: many. Um. So here's my thing. And here's my soapbox. And here's like one of the pillars of what I teach. When you've like given your soul, your body, your life to a doctrine or an establishment. And then and that establishment is linked to God and the Holy Spirit and what you worship. Then when that establishment betrays you, it feels like God is betraying you. And it can be really easy for a woman who is realizing this has all been lies and I've been set up to then not be able to relate to God anymore because of that. And like, it's wrong. I mean, even in the Bible, God's like, if you do something like that, I would rather you threw yourself into a body of water with a stone tied to your legs. Like, oh my gosh, do not tie my spirit and my name to man-made structures that bring harm to people. Um, and so it's that's big soapbox for me. Um, and, and one of the things I do is I work with women. Um, I have these these gift sets that because I created a skincare business um, and then recently have rebranded because I realized I wanted to help. Survivors and cared less about facial cleansers, and so I rebranded how I do my skincare, and I made these gift sets that are like little prayer boxes. And so, like you do the hand cream while you say a mantra or do a um a meditation. And my meditations so are all.
0: Example of your mantra. Give us an example.
1: Um. So. So actually, I'm going to describe the meditation because it's okay. it's, okay. it's what I think it. is central. So I, so the way I have my people work is I have them imagine that there's like a sanctuary inside their hearts and it is their safe place they go to whenever they need to escape the world. It's where you go when you go inside and pray and that in your formative years, it is built by your parents, by the church, by society, by your teachers, like the bricks and the pieces that are part of it are built by other people. And that's, you know, normal as you're forming and in a healthy world as you grow and learn and grow your own personality, you make changes, you paint the walls of your sanctuary, you change what the furniture looks like, you change what pictures are there, and you make it yours. And it is yours and God's and that's where you go. Um, But if you're in a really fundamental, rigid um, spiritual structure, or even one of my very dear friends grew up, she's extremely spiritual and she grew up with hard-lined atheists. And we have extremely similar stories, even though I was staunch Christian and her family was staunch atheist, we both broke from the norm. And so um, you're not allowed to refurbish your inner sanctuary in that situation. And then what happens is it starts to crumble. If it comes up against, you know, if you live in a bubble where like, you actually found a good guy who doesn't abuse you, and so you can live your whole life thinking there's nothing wrong with the system, it might be fine. But if you end up with an abusive person or if your child dies of cancer or if something you know, horrible happens to you that that structure doesn't account for, it starts to get holes in it and it starts to crumble. And then you have this home where you're supposed to go and feel safe and warm and cozy with God that's got holes in it and it's dripping and it's falling apart around you and you don't know how to fix it because you've never been allowed to fix it. And so my meditations actually kind of go in and envision fixing different aspects of that inner sanctuary to make it yours again so that your spiritual life is yours and not someone else's that they told you it has to be
0: yeah oh that's good i love it oh my goodness whoop, whoop. i just wanted to bring that out come on church <laughs> we, we gotta do better and you know what since we're not meeting at the church all the time you know reaching out to people asking those questions how are you doing how are things going so if you feel like something may you know you have a friend that may be in an abusive situation you know it's it's best to you know ask them questions and and build them up tell them how beautiful they are and what mm-hmm. they can do and <clears throat> then you'll be there as a support for them you know have your resources on hand for them so when that time is right they'll know where they're gonna go and they'll just be able to follow it but i love uh, melissa how you brought up you know sometimes our faith does get shattered And the things that we believe are not our beliefs especially if you hear yourself saying words like i should do this or i should or i could have done that you know what that's a clue right there that those are not your beliefs necessarily so we got to start asking so what is true about that and and look for ways to to prove that truth or or not prove it you know and if you if you see it's not true for you it's okay it's okay to feel any way we want to feel and but it's not okay just to take those feelings and do anything we want to do with them. We got to, you know, still have that self control because Mm -hmm. that's one of the main goals is to have that self control and to put that love inside of you. I also uh, commend you for starting your own skincare line. I think it's amazing, simply amazing that that is one of the places that God started with you is to, uh, do something that's physical that you put on your own body because you have to actually touch yourself and touch in itself is very healing, you know? So like a a lot of studies show, like if a child is born and you don't touch the child, you Mm -hmm. know, that can, that can help be a situation where the child does not come out um, healthy mentally. I'll put it like that. There can be mental challenges. So touch is a really good way. And so now looks like you're on your next leg of your journey I want to congratulate you on that where you're rebranding and you're making it known that you know what you want to help other people that have been in your situation and let them know that you don't have to stay there you don't have to stay stuck there is healthier people out there and not only that you're proving you're breaking that norm and and proving that even though you come up in one religion or you go to one type of church you don't have to stay there if that's not you know what god is calling you to do look for and search for truth Mm -hmm. so if you guys join us today again, I'm Tracy Williams with Inspiring Hope. This is Melissa Beasley, and we want to encourage you to have only positive self care. Okay, positive expectations. And Melissa has something that she offers you guys on her website. And if you guys haven't seen it in the box, it's Love Essentials Skincare.com. So I want to tell us a little bit about what you have for them there. Yeah. So I
1: created a while ago um, this self care bundle. And the reason for it is because I did not know what self-care was when I first left. And um, I ended up with a business coach to grow my skincare business. And we would be talking about what I was getting done. And every single time I talked to her, she would say, you need to take better care of yourself. You're being too hard on yourself. You need to take better care of yourself. And like she might as well have given me a violin and told me to play Mozart. I didn't know how to do that thing. Um, and so another one of my mentors who did um, emotional freedom techniques, which is a way to help you heal from trauma. I got on with him and I was like, Susan keeps telling me to take care of myself. And I thought I did it, but then she said it again. So I guess I don't know how to do that. I was just like, I'm failing at something else. And um, so we, we tapped, which is what you do for the emotional freedom techniques and, and kind of dug into what was going on. And it came out that A, I didn't know what I was doing and B, it didn't feel safe for me to take care of myself um, because in, in abuse, you are not allowed to value yourself. And so, um, so as I started learning self-care, um, it, I learned that it was a skill. And one of the great things about this mentor that helped me is he's great at systems and like creating structure for things. And, what i was able to do was figure out that self-care is not just i'm going to take a bubble bath and eat chocolate when i'm overwhelmed in order to empty my stress bucket it's also setting up my life in a way that my stress bucket doesn't get full as often and we learned habits and how creating gradual habits in your life can start to, you know, if you're in this place where you have what I no wiggle room, like you're just tired and everything is on you and you don't have the bandwidth, then if you can fix one habit, create one little ounce of self care in your life, it creates a little more wiggle room. And from there you can create a little more. And over time you have this flowing structure to your life that doesn't require all of your energy to maintain. And self care is no longer a chore on your already overwhelmed day. It's just how you run your life. And so I created this resource called the Self-Care Essentials that um, talks through how to build habits in your life. And it has a worksheet that steps you through practically like pick a habit and how to anchor it in your life and how to start carrying it out so that it's not just like, cool, what muscle do I flex to do self-care? It's steps to actually accomplish it. And so that's a free resource that's on my website.
0: You get it girl, that is awesome. I the <laughs> other day we were talking and this helped me out. I just want you to know when you said uh, buying paper plates is, is a form girl. of paper. Look, I love that because I buy paper plates all the time because I don't feel like washing dishes and then doing everything else that needs to be done. And sometimes, yeah, okay, y'all got me. If Kathy Weaver is watching this, don't, if she's not, don't tell her y'all so t- sometimes i even get those plastic utensils <laughs> so i don't have to wash the you know the, the forks and the knives yeah. and spoons and all that kind of stuff but i'm just saying so again thank you so much for joining us you guys thank you for joining me again i love you all i appreciate your support do not forget the last friday of this month the 28 7 o'clock is on y'all we have our own mic night poetry spoken word it's only five dollars if you want to come and watch if you want to participate it's only five dollars we will have prizes so y'all need to come out and support we're doing this uh with horses and heroes inc if you guys haven't heard of them what they do is they provide equine assisted uh therapy and so this is going to be great so if you can come on out i'm going to put the link on the bottom after as soon as the show is over so you guys can just click on there click on the form fill it out it's about three lines and that's it pay your five bucks and it tell you all the stuff there that you need to do and um we're, we're going to have a good time i want to thank you for joining me and don't forget to go check out her on facebook melissa beasley and i'll put that in the in the box too and share that make sure that you share this video now y'all can see it going across the screen but make sure that you share because a lot of people need to know about another technique she told us today the emotional freedom techniques they work tried it myself right recommended it myself it works for more than one person maybe not for everybody but you know what you just have to keep trying different things until you find what works for you until you find what works for your kids all right peace out you guys enjoy this saturday it's some great weather out here because tomorrow might be raining which is good for my garden thank you all hi thank you so